Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is taken from John chapter 3, the 30th verse. He must become greater. Amen. John the Baptist was about to retire himself. However, I do hope my retirement does not end like his. (laughs) I may seem to have lost my head a few times, but I'm hoping it's only a metaphor. I cannot think of a better text for a pastor to preach on when leaving the office of the Holy Ministry and leaving his call to his congregation leaving his sheep to the care of another after almost 25 years. Jesus had appeared on the Jordan scene near John the Baptist, and there was a whole lot of consternation on the part of John's disciples when Jesus did. A number of people were going to Jesus for baptism rather than to John. John's disciples came to him, and there is a touch of jealousy that was in their comment. Rabbi, they said, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, well, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. John's response was an encouragement to them and to me and I hope also to you. In the first place, he told them that whatever a minister of the gospel accomplishes, whatever he has done that is good has not been done by him, but by God, by what he calls heaven. That is, it is the work of the Holy Spirit that only works through this man. So the cause and the source of all glory, of everything, that has been done for the sake of the kingdom of God, owes its origin to God. Always the glory to God himself. Secondly, John tells us that the role of the pastor is only to stand to the side when the bridegroom shows up. That is to say, he is only there to assist until the wedding takes place within the church. When the best man appears, when the best man hears the approach of the groom, he says, he is not discouraged and he is not jealous, but he's overjoyed, overjoyed that his ministry is coming to the end as the groom draws near to claim his bride. And thirdly, John tells us that it is proper and right and also a very good thing for the best man to become less as the groom becomes greater. Hence the words, he must become greater. If we are going to be the bride of Christ, we're also needing to understand these things. Everything that results in our salvation comes from heaven so that all glory belongs to God and not to man. 
pastor has to be very careful to not make himself the center and the focus of a congregation. It is easy. I know I felt it when I was standing out there hugging everybody as they came on in. It's easy to get addicted to the drug of praise that people will give to their pastor when a pastor has been there for them through their times of trial and sorrow and even their times of joy, but more so than anything else when he leads them to Christ and helps them to understand his incredible love for them. But believe you me, the devil knows how to quickly take that praise away. And either he leaves the pastor discouraged or he leaves the congregation discouraged when he does so. And this is what it is that John's disciples were experiencing. They felt the agony of John being put to the side as Jesus was becoming greater. My father-in-law once told me that in Norway there were two kinds of parishioners. They were called priest lovers and priest haters. In Norway, they called their pastors priests. One group thought that their pastors could do no wrong, and the other group thought that their pastors did everything wrong. Well, they are both wrong. The Apostle Paul tells us that a pastor builds Christ's church sometimes with gold and silver and costly stones, and sometimes he does it with wood and hay and straw. He writes in 1 Corinthians 3, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. What is permanent and lasting in a pastor's ministry will only truly be known upon the last day. <clears throat> so priest lovers, never turn your pastor into an idol. And priest haters, just remember, there's a coming day of judgment. <laughs> no matter what, all glory belongs to God. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin. But because of His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Truly, He is the only one who saves us. That is why he must become greater and we must become less. To our second point, a pastor is only a groomsman, a best man in preparing for that marriage of Christ to his bride, the church. But I can tell you that this is a glorious role to play. It's a beautiful image. <clears throat> Back in those days, it was the job of that best man to go out and to make all the preparations necessary for the wedding. Probably by comparison to what we do today, it would be that he would be responsible for the food and for the drink and for the location and the flowers and the rabbis and the guests and the announcements and the table seating. And then he would also provide all the necessary garments for the bride and he would adorn her as she then waited excitedly for the appearance of her groom. 
That was the role of John the Baptist. He called upon Israel to repent, to be metamorphosized. That's what that word means, to have a total transformation in the way in which they thought, in the way in which they felt, to confess their sins before God and to receive now through these waters of baptism attached to God's word the forgiveness of their sins. And along with that repentance and that cleansing and that washing came also a desire to change their lives and amend them so that they would, out of love for God, remain faithful and true to Him for the rest of their lives. There were those who refused that. And who were they? We call them the self-righteous Pharisees who thought that they were just fine and dandy with God. And they would cover up their hearts with their fake and pretend good works. Yeah, and they would turn them against their own Savior. There, of course, were the Herods and the Herodias too who were forsaking their marriage covenants. But there were also many others, many others that came for cleansing and pardon. And let me tell you, they were also the worst of people. John simply washed them with forgiveness and adorned them with the robes of Christ's righteousness and he prepared them for that wonderful banquet feast where they would eat and drink of the food of God's word and prepare themselves for drinking the eternal wine in his presence for all eternity. But once that bridegroom arrived, the best man stepped to the side and there were a couple of things that would happen. You know, I may have, and I hope I did, called on each of you in your homes. I've taken many of you through instruction classes like Chelsea. I may have baptized a good number of you. But once you came to the faith in the Lord, I had to transfer my relationship with you to a relationship between you and your Savior. You are not here because of me. You are here because of Him. You must also remember that your pastors are mortal people. You know, there have been so many, many pastors that have gone before us. They lived and they died, and yet guess what? Christ has lived on with His gospel from generation to generation. At some point in time, a pastor has to step to the side and to deliver his charge, his congregation, over to someone else. Every one of the pastors that I had when I was growing up are now in heaven. But what they taught me lived on in me because they led me to Christ. Thank God. Now you are the bride of Christ and be assured that you will never lose your pastor because your pastor died and has now been resurrected and he lives before the throne of his Father in heaven, you will never ever be without a pastor. But you're going to have to also remember that not only am I mortal, but also are you. And you will also have a life that will someday come to an end. And the question will be, will you be able to pass on that relationship that you have with your Lord to your children? 
course, are you preparing them too for their wedding to Christ? We are living in an increasingly secular world, and there is a stair step as people become more and more casual in their church attendance and their love for God's Word in this society today. In the same way that you did not belong to me, you belonged to Christ, I was only a steward, so also your children do not belong to you, they belong to Christ. And it is your job to make sure that their relationship with Christ continues and endures for the generations that are yet to become. Those words, he must become greater, are not just for me. They're also for you. Thirdly, I must tell you, although becoming the less is by far and above the best thing to do and be, it is not always pleasant. John's contribution to Christ's ministry was unbelievably great. Jesus said it, of those born of women, none is greater than John the Baptist. John's clothing, however, told us a little story about the way in which he carried out his ministry. He, he wore camel's hair. Now, this isn't the sport coat that you buy down at the local, uh, local men's clothing store. When I was over in Israel a number of years ago, Sylvia was still pregnant with Christian uh, we went down into the Dead Sea, and it was a chilly November day up in Jerusalem, but when we got to the Dead Sea, it was very, very hot. And I was wearing a pair of wool pants. And let me tell you, every little fiber in the wool was crawling inside of every single pore of my body, and it was the most terrible thing I'd ever experienced. But camel's hair is even worse. John the Baptist wore that camel's hair to tell something about what he was doing. That's what it's like to love everybody. John the Baptist loved extortionists and he loved soldiers and he loved immoral prostitutes and he loved selfish, self-centered people. And because he loved everyone, he had to also, out of love, rebuke them in their sins in order to lead them to forgiveness and a saving faith. Herod and Herodias are our example. Although Herod had something of a conscience, Herodias and her daughters did not. And so they conspired to silence the voice of God by taking the head of John the Baptist. Loving people is sometimes like wearing camel's clothing. Advent, you have been blessed, you have blessed me with being repentant sinners. Your repentance and your forgiveness has been my joy. That is, I think, the joy that John was speaking about. It's the joy of the Christian ministry. It's what makes giving you the Lord's Supper such a wonderful thing. Advent has had its Herods and its Herodiuses, and they have sometimes made us wear the camel's hair clothing. But little do they know that behind every rebuke there was love 
and a desire for them to find the gift of forgiveness. This struggle in the church we sometimes call the theology of the cross. Our Lord Jesus never ever changed God's law to suit the consciences of men. Jesus said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappears, neither the smallest letter nor the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. The truth will hurt, and those who get hurt will oftentimes try to hurt back. But I tell you, Jesus came to give us a peace that is far greater than the peace of this world. He came to invite us to an eternal banquet feast in heaven where like a bride, His church is adorned for that wedding and with the joy and the festivity of all of the heavenly hosts, of all God's angels and all those who have gone before us and all those who would follow after us, we are going to together share in the eternal feast of heaven that will continue on without end. So permit me to share with you those parting words of John's wisdom. All the glory for our salvation belongs to God alone. In all these years, I was never more than simply the best man, but it was my great happiness to watch each and every one of you be married to Christ. And although it hasn't always been easy, I can tell you that the joy has been worth every single minute and hour and second and now I am ready and I am content to become less, for he must always be greater. Amen. May this peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard and keep your thoughts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Pastor John Feeney is retiring from his pastorate at this congregation. At this time of farewell and Godspeed, let us hear the word of our Lord. I thank, God, I thank my God in all my remembrances of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, 
because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and, and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I learn, how I yearn for you all with affection of Christ Jesus. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. We read the psalm responsively. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, wherever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. The years of our life are 70, or, or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Let us find us in the morning your steadfast love, that we may be rejoiced and be glad all our days. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of your hands upon us. Yes, establish the hands of our hands. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we give thanks for all the blessings you have bestowed on this congregation through the ministry of your servant, Pastor John Feeney. By your Holy Spirit, grant him grace that by his example of faithful devotion to your word, he may continue to be a blessing to many. In your mercy, support and strengthen him and grant him a cheerful spirit, peace and blessedness through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Go in peace and joy. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.
The Board of Elders uh, thought it wise that we as a congregation say thanks to Pastor Feeney. So as an entire congregation, we're going to go through a, a short program and able to do that. I, I note that uh, in order for the congregation as a whole to give thanks, there are some con 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 congregational responses in the program in front of you. So we start. The pastoral office is a gift that God has given his church. As Paul says, when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. Paul enumerates pastors and teachers among these gifts, adding that they are given for the work of ministry and for the building up of the body of Christ. Shepherding is a predominant illustration in the Bible for both the work of Christ and the work of pastors. God has given his word and sacraments and arranged that they be taught and administered that people may come to faith. This ministry is established by God, and he calls individuals to hold and exercise the office of ministry. Pastor Feeney, you were called into that ministry as a servant of Christ and ordained in 1980. For 38 years, you have been faithful to that call, sacrificially serving the flock entrusted to you. You have served congregations in Connecticut and Utah before coming to Advent and installed on October 17, 1993. For nearly 25 years, you have been faithful to God and your call at Advent, and have rightly and faithfully taught the gospel and administered the sacraments. Pastor Feeney, you have been God's gift to his church and to us at Advent. We thank you for being our shepherd. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, how many times have we heard these words? About 3,000 times at the beginning of every service under Pastor Feeney's tenure at Advent, we have heard these powerful words. Pastor Feeney, at this baptismal font, you have joined those words with the waters of baptism and baptized 417 babies, young children, and adults here at Advent. You have constantly reminded us that we are children of God, having been baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus. Pastor, Pastor Feeney, we thank you and implore us to remember our baptism and the benefits it bestows, forgiveness of sins, rescue from death, the devil, and the eternal life. At this spot in your pastoral's duties, you have stood in the steed and by the command of Jesus Christ, hearing our confession and announcing the forgiveness of our sins. We know our sins are forgiven in hearing those familiar words you spoke. I forgive you all your sins. Assured, they are from Christ himself. Pastor Feeney, we thank you for speaking the words of forgiveness from Christ to us. Pastor Feeney, from this, week after week from this pulpit, we have heard the voice of our shepherd the word of God was brought to bear on our lives. God spoke to us with his two-edged sword of condemnation and promise, law and gospel. Through your sermons, we have come to a better understanding of ourselves, especially of our need for God's forgiveness. Pastor Feeney, we thank you that through God's word, you led us in your sermons to come face-to-face to -face with God's mercy and love. From the altar to this communion rail, you brought us the true body and blood, 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. Those words you spoke echo in our ears, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. We know because of those words, this sacrament gives us forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. Pastor Feeney. Pure teaching is the foundation for the Christian life. Pastor Feeney, you have taught us well. Your dedication to teaching the youth of Advent has imprinted on them the understanding of the love of God. You have taught 410 confirmants and utilized the form of faith class to teach the chief parts of the catechism. The Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, baptism, the keys and confession, and the sacrament of the altar. Through adult Bible study, you have taught us to understand the richness of our Lutheran heritage, increased our knowledge on biblical texts, and you have taught us to understand what it means to have Christian liberty and freedom. Pastor Feeney, your teaching defined, directed, and empowered us to live Christian lives. Pastor, as an under-shepherd of the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ, you were called to keep watch over your flock, which the Holy Spirit made you an overseer. Because of your sacrificial service to us, we have been blessed by God. You have ministered to us individually, both in times of celebration and in times of grief. As visitors attended our services, you went out of your way to contact them, meet with them in their homes, and encourage them to become a part of our fellowship here at Advent. You have bestowed God's blessing and guidance to 144 brides and grooms as they entered holy matrimony. As our loved ones have passed from this life into eternity, you have taken the time to be with them in their final moments, comforted them, the grieving families, and presided over 42 funerals. When sickness befell, you took time to comfort them with the word of God and your presence and your friendship. We know that you constantly kept your entire flock in your prayers. This sacrificial service as our shepherd to bestow God's blessing on us took time. It took time away from your family and from yourself. Pastor Feeney, Salve, and your family, we thank you for your sacrifice. Pastor Feeney and Salve, would you stand and come with me? Pasafini, Solwick, greetings from Lutheran Child and Family Services, but on this special day, from greetings from the German ambassador and the consul general, Mr. Quelle in Chicago. Thank you for your wonderful friendship, uh, promoting German-American friendship for so many years, and having led an invasion-sized force of American Lutherans into Germany <laughs> over the years, and 
really, really a wonderful thing. And so all the best. Here's some little gifts for you, most important. <laughs> Never give a pastor a microphone. <laughs> for your next, for your next uh, group, if, if your group goes astray, and we might actually see us because you live on the 5th and I leave, lead a group on the 8th over to Germany. So thank you so much, both. Thank you. Pastor Feeney, standing behind me is your flock. I am proud and privileged to be able to present to you a small token of their love for you. Solve, we don't want to forget you. You have been a great supporter of Pastor Feeney and a supporter of us. Because of your support to him, he has been a better shepherd to us. So we thank you for your sacrifice. So as we finish, uh, we're going to finish with a hymn in just a moment. We want to point out that uh, verse 2 was uh, especially written by our music director, Phil Spray. So thank, thank you for that. So as we finish, Pastor Solvay, please stand here. Ask the congregation to rise. Pastor Feeney, the ironic blessing that you have spoken at the conclusion of worship services, Bible studies or meetings finalizes the, with the word peace. There is no better word to conclude this recognition event than that of peace. Please give us, the Congregation of Advent, the privilege to pray that blessing to you and Solvay. Pastor and Solvay, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. <laughs>